Discovering Asian dramas back in 2018 was an enlightening moment for me, and I've never looked back. I enjoy talking about them just as much as watching them, so much so that I decided to create a podcast with a heavier focus on Chinese dramas, but passing through Korean, Japanese, Thai and Filipino dramas. Welcome to the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast, your corner for drama talking. And welcome back to another episode of the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and in today's episode, we are wrapping up 2022. So, Last year, literally, because I'm recording this in January, um, last year I did the best of the best Chinese dramas for 2022, and I also did my best of the best um, OST episode. Now, I was meant to do this episode at the end of that year, but you know, life got in the way and this one got pushed aside a little bit, but I did promise it, and here it is. So, I'm really excited today because I was looking back at the episodes that I did last year and I, apart from one episode that I did more on like Japanese dramas, I mainly focused on Chinese dramas, which was like technically the whole point of my podcast anyways. But it's also exciting because Chinese dramas aren't the only thing I watch. I watch Korean dramas, I watch Japanese dramas, I watch Thai dramas, a whole bunch of Asian dramas. And I feel like it's really exciting that I get to talk about that in like my end of year wrap. But also going forwards into like 2023, I definitely want to sneak in some, um, you know, episodes that are from other countries other than China, even if that will still be my main focus for the podcast. But like I said, um, I started like the series with the OST episode and then Best of the Best for Chinese. And this one, I'm going to pass through South Korea, Thailand and Philippines. Also, I did cheat a little bit because there is one Japanese drama that I really, really, really want to mention. It's technically not from 2020, not, not from 2022, but that's when I watched it, so that's where I'm going with it. I'm still going to mention it at the end. Um, this episode will be completely spoiler-free. Um, I'm just going to basically give you guys the MDL descriptions for the shows and then just why they make it into my favourite, you know. I don't know what to call this one because I feel like should I just call it best of the best Asian dramas 2022 or end of year rap or I am do you know what I am terrible at coming up with titles I really because I can literally turn the mic on and just talk for hours even if I'm just talking to myself but when it comes to coming up with a title that's where I struggle so I don't know. When you guys listen to this, obviously there will be a title there, but I still haven't come up with one. I think I'm probably just going to go with like end of year drama rap or something like that. But anyways, that's what this one will be. I'm just going to be listing out 
them, telling you the MDL descriptions and the reasons why I enjoyed them. That's a basically that. So without any further ado, there's, that's basically it. That's my introduction. It's going to be really short um, because I'm getting better at doing that, at doing shorter introductions. And let's get into the episode. So since uh, South Korea is the one that I've got the biggest uh, list from, apart from China, I thought it would be good to start there. Um, I I think, uh, what to say? So basically, I feel like when I first started watching Asian dramas in general, back in 2018, like I started with Chinese dramas, but then that led me, I literally only watched maybe two or three um Chinese dramas before I found uh, Korean dramas. And for a really long time, that's where I stayed. I stayed in like the K-drama realm, so to speak, because I find that I clicked better with those. I was enjoying those a lot more. And in the last sort of two years, I would say, but specifically in 2022, I have seen like my biggest shift from Korean dramas to Chinese dramas. I feel like, especially in 2022, there was like a a little disconnect between me and Korean dramas. They seem to not like be hitting the spot for me like they used to before. Uh, And even with that being said, I did enjoy fewer K-dramas, but the ones that I did enjoy, I really, really enjoyed. So I suppose that's always something. I feel like there was a lot of, especially like in the later half, there was a lot of um, law-focused Korean dramas, and that's just not, you know, something I really vibe with or that uh, is called to me for for a genre of uh, dramas in general. So I feel like maybe that's probably why I didn't connect with them. They, you know, just the ones that, you know, I wanted um, or the ones that were coming out weren't necessarily genres that I tend to enjoy. So that's, you know, why. But like I said, I still enjoyed a lot of the ones that I watched. Um, So I'm gonna name my five like Korean dramas for 2022 that I really, really enjoyed, like my top, you know, Korean dramas. And then I do also have some honourable mentions at the end. And I, I just have to. There is two dramas that are technically 2021 dramas, but... I feel like, to me, they're not. And I'll explain. So basically, the two that are on my list finished in January 2022. So to me, I don't necessarily count the beginning date of the drama if that drama, say, is in 2021, more specifically because I like to judge the drama as a whole. So if I'm going to rate it, unless I've dropped it, if I'm going to finish it and rate it as a whole drama, then I need to watch the whole drama. If it's the case that it finishes in January 2022, then I will probably tend to class it as a 2022 drama just because I won't be able to rate the show or even, you know, fully comment on it until I watch those last episodes that are on, you know, in January 2022. And just like as a say in general, 
like, those last episodes can mean the difference between me loving a drama and me just being, like, full of rage for the drama. It really can be that, like, you know, that little switch, simply. So, yeah, I have two that I have to sneak in at the end just because I love them so much and I feel like I need them to be, you know, in my, uh, in my list for 2022. So with all of that said, let's jump into my top favourite Korean dramas of 2022. And these are absolutely in no like order at all. I don't even think I could, um, you know, put them in a, a ranking of one to five just because I really enjoyed them all overall. Um, so yeah, they are literally just in... Um, in uh, list form of how I was pulling them off MDL off my uh, you know list so yeah let's let's actually stop waffling and get into it anyways my first pick on uh, you know top Korean dramas for me for 2022 has to be a business proposal and that is uh starring Kim Sejong as Shin Hari and Ahn Yo-sop as Kang Tae-mo as well as Kim Min-gyu as Cha Song-hoon and Seoul In-ah as Jin Young-so and I I love this drama but if you are one of those people who haven't watched it yet, here's what the MDL description is. Shin Hari is a single woman and works for a company. She has a male friend who she has had a crush on for a long time, but she learns he has a girlfriend. Shin Hari feels sad and decides to meet her friend Jin Yong-so, who is a daughter of a table family. Jin Yong-so then asks Shin Hari to take her place in a blind date and even offers some money for her time. Shin Hari accepts her friend's offer. She goes out on a blind date as Jin Yong-so while having the intention to get rejected by her date. When she sees her blind date, Shin Hari is dumbfounded. Her blind date is Kang Tae-mo. He is the CEO of the company where she works. Kang Tae-mo is the CEO of a company that his grandfather founded. One day, his grandfather informed him of an upcoming blind date that he set up for him. Kang Tae-mo is a work workaholic and he is annoyed that his grandfather sets up blind dates for him. He decides to marry the next woman who he meets at a blind date so he won't be disturbed from his work anymore. That woman is Shin Hari, but pretending to be Jin Yong-so. On the following day, Shin Hari receives a phone call from Kang Tae-mo. He asks her to marry him. So that is the plot. And can we just say trope central? And I absolutely loved this drama. It was so tropey. It was rom-com to a T. I absolutely loved it. But also, I really, really enjoyed that it was rom-com, but it was like, you know, all of those tropes from years and years ago brought into the 2020 two year and revamped and it worked because everybody was having so much you could see the actors were having fun with their characters and you could see 
that like they the show itself wasn't taking the tropes seriously like the comedy in this was just a peak there was not one single episode where I wasn't laughing completely and I love that sometimes you need that from a drama like you need the silly and you need that complete distraction so this drama catered to that so so well that it just it for me perfectly for the time and I think it worked for a lot of people it was I think well received for a lot of people within the you know Korean drama watchers community of sorts um and I think for me the peak for this drama has to be our female lead um Kim Sejong um as Shin Hari she is just so funny her expressions her body language her comedic timing is like on point on point and I I absolutely loved her she was complete the star of this show for me anyways but also I quite liked the second lead couple within this drama as well which is quite good because sometimes in these rom-coms you have like the typical second male lead and a typical second female lead that tend to be like mean or they tend to do what they need to do to get like the the female lead's attention or the male lead's attention and I really liked that the second couple in this I say every week that you guys probably can't hear my dog but I'm sure this time you heard him so I'm leaving that in so you guys know I'm not joking when I say if you can hear my dog in the background so (laughs) he he decided to um, get involved in the conversation and now I've completely lost the thread because I sort of stopped recording so I could go and see what he was barking at you know when dogs just suddenly decided to bark at something and yeah he he was barking at something I don't know what it was but who knows anyways I was talking about the second couple and uh, and I was saying how basically usually like the second couple tend to like be mean or try to do everything they can to get with the you know main male lead or main female lead but in this case like the second couple have their completely separate story and I really like that because it means that then there's no like interference and you can kind of enjoy both couples separately so yeah I I really enjoyed that aspect of it I actually ended up giving this one a 9 out of 10 on MDL and like I said it really just fit my mood for that time it was fun and you know it was kind of like a throwback drama but done in a really good way it had all the tropes you know arranged relationships it had you know your cold ceo it had all of that thrown into one drama and actually i think this one was only 12 episodes which worked really well for the plot line i think so yeah this one was just a delight to watch and if you haven't watched it yet go watch it you if nothing else if the plot doesn't do it for you you will at least at least get a couple of few good laughs out of it so it was definitely just one of those that I thoroughly enjoyed watching now this one the second one that I have on my list it's um one that 
perhaps many people didn't get a chance to watch it. And that is the drama Kiss the Sixth Sense or Kiss Sixth Sense. I think that's what it is. I don't think it has the in it. And the reason why I say perhaps many people didn't get to watch it, it's because it's one of those Disney Plus dramas that it wasn't airing anywhere for anyone except in Asia. So a lot of people didn't get to watch it. Um, I believe it now has come to Disney Plus. So I believe pretty much anyone who has access to that platform can have access to it. I watched it elsewhere, shall we say, uh, while it was airing. And I really, really enjoyed it. I, for some reason, and actually just finishing Alchemy of Souls season two last night, um, I will say that I really, really struggle with Korean fantasy. I love fantasy in general. You know, Chinese fantasy shantras are one of my favorite genres ever. Uh, but when it comes to Korean fantasy, there is something that just does not click for me. And it tends to be with the story itself. Like, the story tends to waffle a lot, if that makes sense. It feels a lot of the time waterlogged, like it's infilled with a lot of stuff. Um, and I suspend my belief for a lot of fantasy dramas. And I tend to um, basically just kind of like let them get away with a lot but when it came to this one um I really enjoyed it actually and I feel like because it was a shorter drama I should have written it down but I can't remember how long it was maybe 12 episodes I can't quite remember eight was it eight or 12 episodes it was either eight or 12 episodes it was one of those shorter um you know format dramas I feel like because of that it worked quite well so Kiss Sixth Sense. It stars um, Yoon Kae Sang as Cha Min Ho and Se Ji He as Hong Yesul. And the MDL des description is as follows Hong Yesul, the best account executive on planning team one at Zoo Ad, is making her way up as a project manager. She has one secret. She can see the future when she kisses someone. One day, after your soul's li lips accidentally meet the lips of her evil team chief, Minho, she sees herself in bed with him in the future. While your soul is confused with the future, her ex-boyfriend, Pil Yor, shows up to work on a new project together and offers your soul to go on a date with him three times. The romantic office comedy revolves around your soul, whose primary focus is work. So I actually think, yes, her primary focus is work, but... The shenanigans come from the fact that she has seen herself sleep with her boss. And at this point, she despises him. She really does not like him. Nobody really likes him. And there is a whole story behind him. And I feel like the threads were pulled really well. The fantasy aspect of it was done really well. But you could also almost take away the... Um, you know, um, fantasy elements of it. And at, at its core, it's like an office romance type of drama. So yeah, I this one worked for me. And I think, like I said, it worked for me because it is a shorter drama. And that meant that the story didn't kind of like a drag too much. And it was really fun to kind of see her um, as like 
whenever I watch a drama, I, I really, really like when, as an audience, you get to see, like, either, you know, the middle of the story or the ending of the story first, and then they kind of go in and tell you how they're going to get from, you know, beginning to the end that you've already seen. So, that, because you know it's going to get there, it kind of almost takes the um, question of what's it going to end, or how is it going to end, how is it going to end, and it kind of shifts from that to the journey itself of getting there, and I really, really love when dramas do that, because you focus so much on that journey, because you already know the ending, well, this fact, like, you know, them sleeping together, it kind of happens maybe a third of the way through, so you don't know the ending, but you know the big event, if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, I, I really love when stories do that, and this was no exception. I did score it a little bit, you know, lower. It's still pretty good. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, now I watched this a while ago, and this is why this year I'm actually doing a paper, like, drama diary. Um, I'll, if anybody wants to see that, like, I'll post the pictures of it on my Instagram. I'm really proud of it. But anyways, the point of doing that is that so I can write kind of like mini reviews throughout the year as I'm watching things. And then when I come to do the end of the year wrap up next year, well, at the end of this year, because we're already in 2023. Can we believe that? 2023, where the heck did time go? Like, I don't, I don't understand. But anyways, when I come to the end of this year, the wrap-up should be a lot easier because I'm going to have, you know, a lot of thoughts written down. Um, So yeah, I'm hoping that that's really going to help. But if I'm remembering correctly, I think the ending for this drama was kind of like rushed a little bit. They kind of like dragged out the middle, you know, the first sort of half of the drama and then they kind of like rushed through a lot of it. And I think it could have just, the pacing was just slightly off um, in some points, which, you know, it can be for a load of reasons, but even so, it did kind of affect um, my scoring there a little bit. But regardless, I still really enjoyed it. And I think it needs a little bit of a shout out. So it did make it into like my top, you know, five of the year just because I really, really enjoyed it in that sense. Um, And I was going through like the top rated dramas that I've got. And I've got a couple that are like 8.5s and a couple of, you know, nines and whatnot. And how I decided is I wanted to do like a variety of shows for my top. And that's why this one kind of slips in over some others that, you know, are going to be on my honorable mentions. So it doesn't necessarily make it any better or any worse than the ones that are on my honorable mentions. But that's why it's, you know, placed here but just because I wanted kind of like diverse um, and different shows from my top five. With that being said uh, moving on to the next drama on my list and that would be the drama Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Now I feel like this drama is probably going to be on many people's um, top dramas for the year in general it was such a good drama and for me now I think a lot of people probably love this drama because of 
you know, the female lead and the male lead. But for me, it was the same. The female lead, Park Eun-bin as Woo Young-woo, was the star of this show. Like, she owned this show completely. And I feel like I was there for her. But anyways, before we get into that, so the Extraordinary Attorney Woo, like I mentioned, it stars Park Eun-bin as Woo Young-woo and Kang Tae-yo as Lee jun Oh. And the MDL description is as follows. Diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, 27-year-old Wu Young Wu graduated at the top of her class from the prestigious Seoul National University for both college and law school due to her IIQ of 164. Impressive memory and creative thought process. Working as a lawyer, she finds herself struggling when it comes to social interactions. Now, that is literally like the surface of the drama there's so much within this drama and i feel like you know it is a story of watching you know young woo basically like creating her own path and creating her life and like seeing how she shows people you know how yes she does have autism and Sometimes that means she can't do things exactly like how, you know, people who don't have autism do them. But it just also doesn't mean that she can't do them at all. So I, there's been lots of people talking about it, about this drama. And I feel like there's a couple of podcasts that did such a good job at like describing Extraordinary Attorney Woo and what made it special that... I'm not going to go into too much detail on it, apart from I just absolutely loved this drama. Um, There was a couple, like, it didn't get a 10 out of 10 from me. There was a couple of things that I didn't necessarily like in the drama. Do I recall what they are? Probably not, which probably means that at the time that I rated it, it bothered me, but after, you know, sitting on it for a while, it doesn't bother me quite as much. And I think that that I basically had a couple of problems with the male lead. I know, I know, he was perfect and everybody loved him, but there was just a couple of things that I didn't like how the narrative of the story itself was heading, like the direction it was heading in. So I actually ended up giving it a 9 out of 10. Um, But even so, that's like a pretty high score from me. Um, Not many have gotten a 10 out of 10 from me and um I think that this one you know it was still a really really special drama um uh, but like I said for me I just absolutely loved Pakun Bin in this it's she and also I feel like she has done quite a few dramas and her roles are quite varied um and this girl has range and I just can't wait to see what you know what role she takes on next so yeah that was Extraordinary Attorney Wu coming in next is a drama 
that it oh my god this drama it took my heart it ripped it out and it crunched it and then it mended it back together all within every single episode and that would be the drama tomorrow and that's starring Kim Hae-sun as Gu Ryeon, Rorun as Choi Jun Wong, Lee Lee Song-hyuk as Park Jong-il um, and Yu Ji-on as Im ryong Go, And the MDL description goes as follows. Um, Choi Jun-wong seeks a job, but it's hard for him to get hired. One night, he witnesses a man trying to end his life and decides to stop him. He gets acquainted with Green Reapers, Ko Ryun and Im Dong-gu, uh, who belong to a crisis management team. Their purpose is to prevent people from committing suicide. After Jun-wong ends up in a coma and becomes half human and half spirit, he is employed by a company of Green Rippers as the newest member of Crisis Management Team. Now, you know, as soon as you read that description, that this drama is going to be heavy. It deals with suicides every single episode. You know it's going to be heavy. It's Grim Reapers. It's death. It's, you know, that's just what the drama is about. But when I tell you this is probably my favorite fantasy Korean drama ever it is because it's so like sentimental and it's so well written like every single episode I was crying for the characters you know every single episode was a new case for them and they just did it so well so so well that I I loved it I absolutely loved it and I also feel like you know every time because obviously it's going to be about suicides and every time a new story came up you're going to think oh gosh how are they going to handle this are they going to handle it well and every single time like the drama surprised me and the writer surprised me and they handled it with respect and with kindness and I I love that even when there were stories that you know they were so hard to watch. I remember there's one specific story and I believe it's about a Korean soldier and I that story, it broke me. Even just thinking about it now, just looking back at it now, it brings tears to my eyes because it was that well done. It was that well acted that I just felt every single emotion come through the screen and I yeah this drama was probably one of you know like I said it's in my top five but I I absolutely loved it it was one of those that where it's fantasy but it's so well done that I absolutely loved it um so yeah I ended up scoring this one a 9.5 out of 10 and I don't know why it wasn't quite a 10 out of 10 for me I don't know I can't pinpoint like I said the difference between like a 9.5 and a 10 for me is so small and like that 0.5 can be something ridiculous that I can't even pinpoint myself so yeah that's why I ended up giving this one a 9.5 which is still like a really high score and again if you haven't seen it go watch it because i feel like every every story is kind of like yes it pulls at your heartstrings and yes it kind of makes you cry but it's like that cathartic crying like that 
you know, breath of fresh air, that when you finish crying, you feel so good because it's like it cleanses your soul. That's what this soul, this drama was about. It's kind of like cleansing because every single episode was a different story and you had like where they began, where they were going and, you know, the end within an episode. So I really liked that format as well. So yeah, that's the drama tomorrow. Also, can I just say, I love... And I feel like I need more dramas with him. Is anybody with me? Like, am I the only one here? Because his voice, my God, I could like, the man could just be talking gibberish. And I could just be like, you know, stood still listening to him. I was like, I I don't understand what you're saying, but I don't care. His voice is just like so velvety smooth that, yeah, I feel like I need him to do a main role. That was, I was doing like the December challenge, um, you know, December drama challenge. And I think one of the questions right towards the end is, what would you like to see more of in 2023 in dramas? And I was like, I need Lee Seo-hyuk to do a drama, like a re, you know, and I need him to do a full-blown, he is center and stage of it. Like, but maybe not. I, I've heard, I don't know if this is true. I think somebody was mentioning that it's him that doesn't really want to take those roles on. And if that's the case, then well, okay, I get it. But if that's not the case, somebody needs to cast him as like a proper male lead. And that's that. that that's my little two cents for, for this one. Let's move on because I could be here for a while just talking about him and his voice. And yeah, let's move on, shall we? So, the next one. Now, I really, 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 really debated about putting this one on my list. And I ended up thinking and thinking and thinking. And then I was like, I can't make a best of the, you know, 2022 list and not put this one in. And that is the drama 2521, uh, starring Kim Tae-ri as Nahido, uh, Nam Joo-hyuk as Baekin Jin, uh, Buna as Ko Yirim, uh, Choi Hyun-wook as Moon Ji-wung, and Lee Jae-myung as Ji Song-wan. And basically... I, this drama, I mean, everybody knows this, I mean, not everybody, but I'm pretty sure this drama is in the top for a lot of people, and it conquered a lot of hearts, it conquered a lot of people, and rightfully so. Now, let's get, let me just get into the MGL description of this, and then I will just go through, like, my little, you know, likes for this drama, and basically... The MDL description goes as follows. In a time when dreams seem out of reach, a teen fencer pursues big ambitions and meets a hardworking young man who seeks to rebuild his life. Nahido is a member of a high school uh, fencing team. Due to the South Korean financial crisis, the high school fencing team gets disbanded. Getting through all the difficulties, she becomes a member of the national fencing team. The South Korean financial crisis also causes Becky Jean's father, Business to go bankrupt. This leads to a life change for Becky Jin, from living the life of a wealthy person to a poor person. While studying, he works part-time jobs like delivering newspapers. Later, he becomes a sports reporter for a broadcasting network. Now, this MDL description is all about the main couple. And 
And that's what this story was about for many people. And I, you know, I could see that. But for me, this Spain couple, there was a couple of things that didn't work for me. And I was very much in the corner of, you know, it's the fact that they were at such different places in their lives when this romance developed. You know, she was in high school, clearly a high school kid. He was not. Their age difference was like grating a little bit for me, I suppose. Um, but regardless, you know, I, I still, I still, you know, um, didn't let that affect it too much because for me, this is and will always be Nahido's story. Like Becca Jin is a part of her story, but this is Nahido's story. And for me, Kim Tae-ri, oh my god, I absolutely loved Kim Tae-ri in this. It was my first time ever watching her. And I was like, oh my god, this is Nahido, like her spirit, her actions, just everything. It's like it was Nahido completely. And I, just for that alone, this drama deserves to be in a lot, you know, in best of the best for a lot of lists and whatnot. And it is because Kim Tae-ri made this drama what it is, I think. For me, anyways, I know a lot of people loved the romance and that's what they loved about this drama. But for me, it was the fact that Nahido is Nahido. Like her personality, her journey, her strength, just everything. I absolutely loved her character. But also, I loved the circle of friendship around her. Like, I, Koirim, like to me, that is the, you know, the friendship that I loved so much watching throughout the whole drama. You know, it was Nahido and Koirim. Like, their story, where they start and where they end as friends, I just, I loved it. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. So to me, that actually shone brighter than the romance itself. It's the friendships. It's the fact that we have a, a female friend and a male friend who stay friends throughout the whole drama and there is no romantic relationship there at all they are simply friends I loved that so yeah I had my qualms with it more with the romance than anything else because everything around this drama was done so well um but like I said, the star of this show is Kim Tae-ri as Nahido. And there is nothing else that like shines brighter than her in this drama. I absolutely loved it. Even her eyes would like sparkle with that excitement of, you know, um, young and just, I don't know, I just loved her character so much. So, if you haven't watched it, definitely go check it out. It is definitely, definitely worth your time. Um, And I ended up scoring this one a 9 out of 10. There was a couple of things that I would have, like, changed up in the ending. Um, And just, like, a couple of things with the romance. But again, overall, I still absolutely loved this one. So, yeah, it gets a 9 out of 10 from me. And that's it. That actually completes my um, list overall. But I should have just made it like my top five, six, seven, you know, maybe seven, maybe eight dramas in general. But 
there is and I probably will just say that these are all dramas that I really really loved as well um but they just quite didn't make it in although I feel like the next one I'm about to say should be on my list so this one will be like the sixth on my list I did I did I do six did I do I think I did six for Chinese dramas so I feel like I should do six for Korean dramas you see, this is what happens when you think, like, you've got your plan written out and then you're like, no, but I want to put that one in as well. So I'm putting this one in. Anyways, this one's not going to be an honourable mention. This one is going on my list. So next on my list um, has to be the Korean drama period set drama under the Queen's umbrella. Now, this drama, guys, this drama, I am not a huge politics kind of person when it comes to like period dramas in general I either vibe with them or I don't they are one of those type of dramas that I tend to give it a couple of episodes if I'm enjoying it great if I'm not then I tend to um leave it but with this one I enjoyed it from episode one. Absolutely loved it from episode one. And I don't know why I didn't just straight away put it on my list, but here we are. I'll put it in now. Um, and I think that's very much to do with the queen herself. And that is played by the actress Kim Hae Soo. And I just feel like she is the life of this drama can you see a recurring theme in my top choices there is one standout character that i like gravitate towards and it tends to be the female if the female is well written i tend to uh, tend to like the drama more and um, and it seems to be a recurring theme for my 2022 favourite K-dramas for sure. Uh, and this one is no exception. And the MDL description is as follows. Within the palace exist troublemaking princes who cause nothing but headaches for the royal family and are about to be turned into proper crown princes. Their mother, Im Hua Ryong, is a wife of the great king. But instead of having an aura of elegance and grace, she is a prickly, sensitive and hot-tempered queen. Once more serene, she changed since people kept pushing her buttons she is a queen who sometimes abundance her pride and is even known to swear every day of her life is full of trials um, but she withstands them all for the sake of her children now this drama is about the queen i feel like it's her journey yes everything floats about you know around her but it is the queen's journey for sure and i absolutely loved the acting and the queen herself she oh i don't even know where to start with this one but i feel like if you take away her character this drama has nothing going for it and you know for me anyways i feel like her character is kind of like the glue that binds the whole show together and this actress um uh kim hey kim hey su she played this role so well so well that i loved it like she's not the type of queen that i've seen in any drama before and i kind of loved it it reminds me a little bit maybe of mr queen um the way that the queen became um you know she was very different and very modern but there was a reason for that this case no that's just how she is is even within her restraints of her being you know in 
the period she is in um she still tries her best and she makes it work and i also loved the fact that her and the king work together it's not like evil versus it's like they actually work together and i was just fascinated watching this one so yeah i it definitely makes it into my top I'm going to change it. It's my top six now uh, because I, I I, just, I had it under my honourable mentions and I just can't leave it there. So I'm making it a top six instead of a top five. So that is under the Queen's umbrella. I think I scored it a nine out of ten, I believe. I did a nine out of ten. So yeah, that is pretty high considering it's a historical set drama. I don't tend to rate those very highly because, like I said, they either are hit or miss. Um, and even all the politics, they just kind of worked in this one um, because it is surrounding the Queen and, you know, how she navigates you know, the crown prince and who's going to become crown prince and all of that. So yeah, I, I really, really loved it. And that's it. That is my list now. That's it. I'm not touching it anymore. Uh, last minute changes of fun. You guys, this is a very chaotic episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like this is a very chaotic episode. And also, I feel like it because it's the first episode that I'm talking about Korean dramas I feel like I'm out of it if that makes sense it's the first one where I'm like actually more heavy focused on anything but Chinese dramas like this one isn't about the Chinese dramas so I feel like I'm completely out of whack if that makes sense so it's very chaotic I hope you still like it but here we are uh, I do have just two honourable mentions on my list. Now, it was three, but now we're down to two. Anyways, that is the two dramas, Shooting Stars and My Liberation Notes. I really loved them. Um, well, I really enjoyed them. Shooting Stars was just fun a lot of the time and the main couple was just adorable. So I really enjoyed that one. My Liberation Notes was kind of like... Oh, sorry, I have a hiccup now. Uh, it was kind of like, I don't know, very quiet on the surface, but the relationships were really, really important and quite well written. So I enjoyed that one as well. It doesn't quite break into my top six, but they both definitely deserve a honourable mention. Now, the last two for Korean dramas is dramas that are technically 2021 dramas, but I still have to just give them a shout out because I loved them. And they both finished in January, even though they're classified as 2021 dramas. So that's why I'm slipping them in here. And that would be the um, period time set, The Red Sleeve, uh, starring... Uh, Lee Junho and Lee Se-young. Um, I I just loved this one, guys. Like, I absolutely loved it, and I loved it throughout. Again, I very rarely connect with historical dramas, so when I do, it's like it makes them stand out even more because it's not a genre that I tend to go for. So I just I have to give this one a shout out. I loved it. It was the first drama I finished last year, I believe. I mean, yes, last year, because now we're in 2023. So I yeah, that is one of the ones that I have to give a shout out to. 
The next one, I I don't know why. This one, I think, ended on, like, the 25th or something of January. So it was quite into the year, but apparently it is still classed as a 2021 drama. Um, I'm still going to mention, and that is Our Beloved Summer, starring Choi Wushik and Kim Dami. Um, I loved our beloved summer you know you know the ost made it into my best of the best osts um the kim Young christmas tree ost so i i absolutely love this drama it was um i think i hadn't really watched uh choi wushik or kim dami and anything else before i don't think and this drama like showed me what they can do and i can't wait to watch some more of their stuff uh but yeah i just had to give out a shout out to those two because i love those two dramas so much and i felt a little bit sad that i couldn't really talk about them but yeah that's that's it for korean dramas for the portion of that drama so moving on to thai dramas now this may sound a little bit um i don't know what the word is um biased or not biased but basically thai dramas i feel like there is ones that are like karma and whatnot but for the most part the ones that i seem to stumble across they all kind of remind me of like telenovelas that i grew up watching being back uh you know being from portugal they still do telenovelas and i grew up watching them with my family they tend to be crazy plots and you know it is what it is but i always really enjoyed watching them and that's what thai dramas kind of remind me of and it kind of gives me that you know feeling of nostalgia because you know it reminds me of watching them with my family but anyways i have a couple that i kind of need to mention because are they the best dramas ever no but i still really enjoyed them so yeah the first one on my list is kin push and that's starring mile and apu now they have really long names thai names are really long guys so i am just gonna go with the first name uh so i don't butcher the language too much that's you know hopefully that's okay and nobody's mad at me but that's why uh, and the mdl description goes as the second son of a mafia boss kin i'm not gonna attempt that Fer- cool oh god guys i don't speak thai that's just an attempt basically is fleeing from an enemy when he meets Porsche, an enterprising young bartender. Porsche agrees to help defend Kin from his attack- attackers for a price. Porsche martial arts skills impress and spurred on by his father, Kin seeks to hire Porsche as one of his personal bodyguards. Porsche is opposed and rejects Kin's offer despite his attempts at intimidation. It isn't until Porsche's family home and his ability to care for his brother are threatened that he... Uh, uh, agrees and moves onto the property. It's not a smooth transition into the unorthodox violent job and his relationship with Kin vacillates between the strained and a playful. When his feelings for Kin take an unexpected turn, his work becomes even more high stakes. Now, this is a BL, guys. That You know, this is a BL for those of you who haven't watched it. Um, but... Um, I feel like this was really high quality. Like, it was shot so well. Um, And yes, it's very violent. And there is scenes of abuse and a bunch of that stuff. So trigger warnings for all of that. But even saying that, 
their chemistry between all of these characters just kind of work. And it's a cra- it's crazy. It's like a crazy world and a crazy story, but it kind of works. And I don't know why. So I really liked it and I had to kind of mention it. I ended up scoring it an 8 out of 10, which is probably like one of my highest um in terms of Thai dramas. Uh, so, yeah, that's Ken Porsche. Next up on my list, I have one that's called Oops, Mr. Superstar Hit On Me. These titles, like, I don't, like, I don't even, this title is crazy. But it stars Jane Ramida and Pong Nawut. Uh, and the MDL description is a 40-year-old Ton... Narabet is a top star dubbed the Breath of Asia. He is also Cake's mum's favourite leading man. So when Cake gets a job as an effects makeup artist working on his set, Cake's mum asks her daughter to get her his autograph. But how does Cake go from getting an autograph for her mum to waking up next morning in bed with her mum's idol? Now, can you hear the plot? It sounds crazy, but it's so much fun to watch. Like, this is why I go to Thai dramas. I feel like, yes, there are really, really good and poignant stories in Thai dramas as well. But I feel like this is what I seek out in Thai dramas is like these crazy plots that are just fun to watch. They're complete escapism. And I, this is what this drama is. It's completely full of tropes left, right and center. It is a you know, um, uh, arranged relationship that grows into feelings and all of that goodness. So I had a lot of fun watching it. And again, I ended up giving it an 8 out of 10. Um, I quite liked the main couple. They worked pretty well for me. So yeah, that's Oops, Mr. Superstar hit on me. Again, that title is just, I can't even. Um, and that's it for my Thai dramas. I'm pro- See, I'm going to run through them pretty quick now because because um, I don't have that many Thai or Filipino dramas or anything. Actually, next up on my list is a Filipino drama, and it is the only one I watched this year. It was my very first um, uh, Filipino drama. It was like my introduction into them, um, but it made me curious enough that I kind of want to watch more this year, so that's on my list to try and do. The one that I did watch is called How to Move On in 30 Days and it's starring Maris Raquel and Carlo Aquino and the MDL description is and ceremoniously I can't say that word guys it's been a long day <laughs> and apparently my brain is like time to shut out time to shut down but anyways uh Dumped by her boyfriend, Jen vows to herself she'll move on within 30 days. She chronicles her journey of heartbreak on her vlog. Next, she hires Franco to be her pretend boyfriend, thinking this will help her healing process. After a month of trying to bury the past, can Jen move on or will her efforts prove futile? Now, this drama, I think... It was so much fun to watch. I think it's like in maybe 15, 20 minute episodes, maybe, or maybe even shorter. Maybe I think it's like 10, 50, yeah, 10, 15 minutes, if I'm remembering correctly. And they're all on um, YouTube with English subs, which was great. So I, I really, really enjoyed this one. This one, again, it definitely reminds me a lot of like the telenovelas that I watched growing up. And also, I have never really heard Filipino, um, 
spoken that much but there's like a load of English words just thrown in uh, whenever they're speaking and I kind of like that it was fun to hear so yeah I this drama made me really really curious to go and check out a couple more so if you have any suggestions if you watch Filipino dramas send them my way because that I really really want to try and watch some more this year so um yeah that was the only Filipino drama but I feel like it deserves a mention it's really like a great lunchtime watch or if you just want to get something quick in or you know just a little something to distract you this one's really really good for that short episodes um so i really enjoyed it now i just want to give a shout out to this drama because i already have but i feel like i need to again my favorite drama from 2020 well it isn't from 2022 but i watched it in 2022 so i'm gonna you know put it in there my favorite japanese drama has to be the drama mother now i know again not from this year but i just have to give it a shout out guys if you can get access to it watch it it is like i absolutely loved it i cried like a baby for a lot of it but i just loved it it's so well done so well written i feel like the acting in it is really really good so i just couldn't not have it in uh, but i think that's it that completes my episode like i said this episode is chaotic but here we are <laughs> This is what <laughs> chaotic energy. Hey, what's new? My my you know my episodes tend to be a little bit chaotic, uh, but like I said, this is the first one where I've gone into more depth about Korean dramas that I've watched. So I feel like I'm a little bit out of my depth. I feel way more comfortable when I'm talking about Chinese dramas. But here we are. I do intend on like bringing other Asian dramas more into the podcast in general and I've actually got really exciting news for the podcast which I'll probably make a little post on next week or in the upcoming weeks um so I'm really excited I think it's going to be a good year um hopefully it'll be a really good drama year for all of us not just for me but for everybody but I have like my little question to leave off this episode and to like shut the door to 2022 in general um is um so i don't really do new year's resolutions you know i do like maybe things that i'd like to achieve but not necessarily new year's resolutions and i tend to be so the ones that i've made for this year is that i want to work really hard with the podcast and in general i just want to connect more with you guys and grow this little you know, place of mine that I've started. So that is like my little goal for 2023. But my like drama resolution in the sorts is I really, really, really want to try and branch out way more into like Japanese, Thai, Filipino and Taiwanese dramas. Because I feel like that's the places that I watch a lot less from. Chinese dramas, I watch so many of them it's crazy and korean dramas even if i watched a little bit less this year i still feel like i watch quite a lot of them but these other four countries i have watched dramas from them before um but last year i was going through my list and i realized i barely watched anything from japan at all and i feel like i'm lacking in those four countries so if you've got any recommendations for japanese dramas thai dramas filipino or taiwanese dramas 
send them my way because this year I really want to like go deeper into all of those countries in terms of their dramas. So that's my little drama resolution of sorts for 2023, I suppose. Um, What are you guys like? If there, do you guys make New Year's resolutions? And if so, is there one for like your drama watching or something in particular? So let me know. I, if you're listening through Spotify, you can actually um, answer the question in like the episode notes there'll be like a little question and you can answer direct through there if you're listening anywhere else come chat to me on instagram or email or any of the socials they're all linked in the you know in the description uh so come chat to me because i actually love hearing from you guys just as much as i enjoy recording one of my favorite parts is when you guys reach out and like talk back to me if that makes sense so please do uh do that if you so feel like it uh i hope everybody has had great holidays if you're listening to this in the future you know it's way past that but I hope the beginning of 2023 went well for you guys and I hope that 2023 brings everyone what they wish and just in general good dramas for everybody that's it for this episode I'll see you next time this has been another episode of the tea and soju Asian drama podcast I'm your host, Liliana, and you can come and chat to me on Instagram at tea and soju pod, all one word, and on Twitter, tea underscore soju underscore pod. You can also email me at tea and soju podcast at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, please help by rating and reviewing wherever you listen to help others find this drama corner. I'll leave everything linked in the description notes. See you next time for more Asian drama chatter.